everyone. Uh, it's me, Lindsay, and this is Two Girls, One Podcast. But today, it's just the one girl. Allie mm. is quite busy being a big-time business lady, so Matt and I are <laughs> holding it down for the pod. She's selling, uh, uh, what are you, stocks, bonds? Yep. stocks, shares, bonds, and bond bonds. No, uh, she's, oh, oh. she's producing... 48 shows in a week. I don't know what she's doing. She's very busy. And every time I talk to her, she sounds like, um, she sounds, you know, in, I'm in a very much a holiday mode. So she Mm -hmm. sounds like the mom in a holiday movie who's insisting on making the whole meal by herself. Okay. Got it. You know what I mean? What an, that, hmm, that's such a good analogy. Like, I like not specifically for her, but anyone who was like, oh, I'm so, I'm so overcommitted. I'm so booked. And that, it's like, you, it. you it. created this. I know it's, <laughs> I know it is stressful, <laughs> but it is a monster of your own creation. But Allie Which, is- And we've all been there. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. you, you, when you start a project, you're doing all the things and then you have success or it's big, getting bigger and you don't have the resources to like hire a team, but you right. also have way too much to do. Right. And that's just, it is a, an exciting but shitty moment in the- uh, I don't know, the creative or business process, perhaps. Yeah. And and she knows it. She's like, yeah. oh, God, I've done this to myself, but I got to keep going. <laughs> so it's good. It's but good. It's, it's, a, it's a chill week. As listeners are now aware, we're kind of doing like, hey, we're booking a focus. We're booking a guest. We're very excited about that guest. And then the next week, we're just hanging out with you. Yeah. And then the next week... Awesome we guest. have a guest. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we, well, earlier this week, we were like, oh, we've got this great guest. And, you know, I might actually, we'll see. I might actually share this in the Discord. Maybe um, listeners will have questions for our upcoming guests. So I'll, I'll save that for a moment. Okay. But, I love that. Because um, we don't do that enough. Because a lot of times we're sort of um, pinning things down, uh, not last minute, but in a tight schedule, you know. Yeah, and well, it depends. For... Like the we don't know if we're going to get a guest. And, yeah, exactly. And all that kind of good stuff. But so, yeah, so and we have even... something. We have two things great that are coming up, uh, but I, I won't reveal them just yet. You know yeah. what they are. Yeah, Matt likes to hold his cards close to his chest. Always do. Well, I was being a small time business lady <laughs> this week. <laughs> I was on a work trip to Seattle. Oh, okay which was so fun and it was extremely rainy in Seattle to the point where it's like you would think when you're in Seattle people just don't talk about the rain as weather you know right. but it was especially hard rain everyone in Seattle was like wow you came in a weird week it's not usually this rainy and they're like it's usually wet but not like downpour like, we <laughs> apologize know? we're so sorry you yeah. came here they're like, we usually just have generally damp, heavy air. It's not like <laughs> dropping from the sky like this, you know? It was so funny. But what was the what was the work stuff? Um, I was uh doing a a corporate volunteer day at Amazon. Okay. Running it for the story pirates. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, because are they partnered with uh with Amazon uh audio or whatever? What the hell it was it called? No, no, no. They just uh, so the story parts has a, a nonprofit wing as well, okay. where we read kids' stories and and write encouraging notes to them about how great their ideas are and mm-hmm. what we liked. Love it. And 
so, and then send it back to them. But now that there are thousands of stories that get submitted, <laughs> we, the, the hundred story pirates cannot read them all personally. Right. Right. So companies and, and individual people volunteer their time to read oh, the stories and write the notes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So in order to, in order for Amazon to fulfill its, you know, yeah, CSR exactly. or charitable goals, that's corporate social responsibility for exactly. those not in the know. <laughs> um, then they, farming it out is not a great word, but meaning like they are looking for they, they, programs that exactly. are good and you exactly. have one and therefore thus yeah. the partnership, thus the that's exactly. the Seattle trip. Okay. We work now with I'm, lots I'm of companies, big and small, but this big one flew us to Seattle. Flew that's, me that's, and I mean, great. Yeah. There's my, no downside for, for you all. That's like you're you're doing what you do and you're doing what you love and you get the trip and you get to, you know, meet everyone yeah. and do all the things. And it's no so, downside for them because honestly, what better way? Like you could I don't know what other CSR things people do, but like right. you could do a beach cleanup in Seattle in the rain, mm -hmm. or you could read stories written by kids that are delightfully unhinged. <laughs> and, and not and the are kids, you, the stories. Maybe the yes, kids, yes. but uh, the stories you never know. You never often know. are. The kids, uh, not always. So where are you? So are you going into classrooms? Where 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 are you physically with the, with the kids here? Um. Well, actually, it's a lot of virtual now because we have a. Mm. Uh, a podcast, a TV show, we have physical books and Spotify albums. So the kids are a lot of times virtual. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they're submitting through our internet portal and stuff like right, that. Right, right. Yeah. But then when you do the reading, like how, who is the audience and is it, is it live or is it, uh, you know, oh, asynchronous? Oh, no, the the adults that volunteer with us read the stories online. The the, the, the kids submit through a web portal, mm -hmm. then their story is on the web portal and we organize it into folders and you, the volunteer will get a folder of like five to 10 stories that you read in the hour. Yeah. I guess I'm not understanding like where do those red stories go? They go online oh. and then the kids consume them there. Like what is that? What is the, the stories point? themselves don't go anywhere. <laughs> The, the note that gets written to the kid gets sent back to whatever adult yeah, sent okay. the email. All right. So this is more like letters to Santa where it's not a yeah. public facing thing. It's more like you're exactly. okay. The kid yeah. is getting the response from the story adult. pirates, the story pirate. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Love it. And I mean, some of them turn into things for the podcast or for the cool. TV show. It's totally, it's just, um, that's, a very small percentage. The and then I'm sorry, I'm sorry if this yeah. is a dumb question. No. Why are you going to Seattle then? If it's all online and digital, what? why did they fly you there? Well, so we, we ran the event for them. Sometimes okay. we do it virtually, right? Where mm -hmm. everyone is logging on to a Zoom, right? But in this one, it was a bunch of people who work in the same department. They were doing it as a team builder event. So they're all physically in the same place. So and, they flew us there. So we seeing were... that whole, yeah, that whole event. Yeah, that, yeah. That's really fun. All right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no downside for you. The only downside for them is uh, paying for you to fly out, which is yeah, exactly, exactly. zero dollars in the scheme of <laughs> amazon.com. But sure. Exactly. Love it. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. And it is cute. Uh, uh, when they do it as a team builder, it's really cute because they are all together and they, mm -hmm. you hear each other laughing. It's really fun. <laughs> we used to do it yeah. this way the whole time, but during right. the pandemic, obviously we adjusted and then we figured out, oh, this is actually a very 
easy way to deliver this sort of program virtually. Yeah, very so, nice. Very yeah. Nice. But Seattle was delightful, even in the rain. I wore my new rain jacket that I got <laughs> in mm-hmm. last month in November. And I brought an umbrella and everyone in Seattle was like, oh, we don't carry umbrellas. And then when it's raining really hard, people were like, oh, man, I wish I had my umbrella. Because <laughs> yeah. they're used to just not as hard of mm-hmm, a rain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's funny. I don't think I've ever been there. Have I been oh. to Seattle? My wife has been for work and, and if, uh, you know, once or twice. Mm-hmm. She used to work for a, a, a much, you know, a... A, a subsidiary, let's say, of Microsoft, but um, okay. you know, much further down the totem pole, let's say, in the media world. Okay. Uh, in in the, in days of yore, when um, <laughs> digital media was different, so I think she ended up going to Redmond or Seattle for uh, for some reasons, but that, that was makes long sense. ago. But I never went with her. I and I've only been to LA once, oh, as I may have said to gosh, you, Allie, which was just following her for a work trip, you know. And it was delightful, but we we just spent, kind of spent a long weekend there, and the sky was very blue, and that was about all it all I remember. You got to get out here. We're I out do. here. We can show you all the cool things. I've heard. But in Seattle, I had a bunch of friends, so every night I was there for three days. Every night, I hung out with different friends from like different groups in my life. And like the first night, it was like a cozy night in with my friends who just bought a house. The second night, I went to like a a cool uh, like dinner spot. That's like a, it's like a small spot, but they have cool Asian fusion uh, dishes. It was so delicious. Mm-hmm. And then the last night, my friend who I have been friends with for a long time, who just moved up to Seattle right before the pandemic. She took me to a pop-up Christmas dive bar where it says pop-up, but it's usually a bar. But this... That, okay. These are two concepts combining that, uh, you know, that's yeah. not normal, but it right. sounds fun. Yeah. So this bar decked itself out in Christmas stuff. It looks like Christmas threw up in this bar and it's like <laughs> so fun one of the walls it's just you know those um like the kind i don't know how to describe them, a christmas bow but it's it's not a ribbon it's like that little pointy uh lots of little small loop things that make a yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i know what you mean yeah i, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to describe it a, a christmas present bow for, that's uh, not yeah, a ribbon. for sure yeah mm-hmm. you stick it on stuff yep there was an entire wall with those stuck on it like a, a two it was a two story wall <laughs> that, that and i would those. like to um i would like to touch that yeah please. it was so fun well it it was the the instagram wall so there <laughs> uh, that uh, wall yes, yes. there was yes. a christmas tree there was that's a, a fake fireplace Ooh, that's such an easy like those things are you buy them by the you know the the 400 you know yeah. count yeah. tub yeah. and then you stick them on the wall super cheap but i bet it looks awesome where is it was it one color or was it multicolor oh it was multicolor it was Love, maximalism yeah, that's to the very max. smart i'm into that it was so fun I'll, I'll put pictures in the discord but it it was so fun and unhinged all the drinks are um were holiday themed so they had like a mezcal hot cocoa they had an apple cider rum drink and everything was just so yummy and Christmassy. And it was a Wednesday night and there was a line like at the <laughs> at the bar. And I was like, oh my gosh. And the bartender was telling us on the weekend, 
there was an over an hour wait to get into the bar such that she had to give a marker to the last person being like, you're last. We don't want anybody waiting and then not even getting to like sit and and have a drink, like to come mm-hmm. in, not mm-hmm. even sit, but to like order and be able to drink it before <laughs> the bar closes. <laughs> and I was like, it wouldn't be me standing in line in this mm-hmm. Seattle weather for an hour mm-hmm. and a half. Y'all are crazy. Mm-hmm. So, but it was so cute and so fun. Christmas Dive Bar, if you are a listener in or near Seattle, it is well worth your time. Definitely go during the week. I would not recommend weekends because it'll probably be crazy. Um, but it was so fun. We also, everyone is in such a good spirit. Like we, we just kept making friends with people and like, I am want to talk to strangers, but my friend is not. Mm. And like, people just kept coming up to us and being like, Oh, hi. You know, everyone was just like so friendly and talking to everyone because they were in a Christmas spirit, you know? That's this is what this place is. Uh, that's what those bows are for. Exactly. That mission accomplished. That's yeah. really nice. And then they had a big projector, and they were projecting like all kinds of Christmas movies. And we both mm-hmm. realized I don't think we've ever seen all of Gremlins. But everywhere I went this week, they were playing Gremlins. Hmm. <laughs> so I saw the first half of Gremlins twice. Yes, <laughs> yes, a Christmas movie. This is Gremlins one. I guess yes. they're both set during Christmas, or am I? I mistaken? can't remember. I de- Be- I I haven't seen all. I haven't like reliably seen all of Gremlins one, and I know for a fact that I have not seen all of Gremlins two. <laughs> yep, but I've seen the beginning of both. He receives the Mogwai Gizmo yes. as a Christmas present, which is the that's the premise of the movie. But yeah. then did the his rest dad? Of- the like weird inventor yeah, give it to him he, yeah he went to some you know like junk shop thrift shop and there was of course you know a mystical probably asian old man there being like yeah this is a weird thing what do you got to be careful and then he's like i'll take it and then and then he brings it home and then doesn't um, explain any of the rules he was given right it's correct because it even though i did see all of it on wednesday like it started right when we got to the bar so i was there for the whole movie it's not like playing the sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, that scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gremlins. Does Gremlins hold up? Uh, Is Gremlins actually, interesting to watch in 2023? It actually does hold up pretty yeah. well. I would like, be interested. There's a scene where the fucking mom murders the Gremlins. Yes, right. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very... That's a classic scene. I mean, the whole thing has plenty of those moments. But yes, she pulls out a kitchen knife and yeah, takes girl. one down. She blends up yeah. one of them in the blender, and I was like, "Ooh, gross!" <laughs> there is th- this. It's it's a very interesting mid eighties, late eighties movie, and I I'll, I'm gonna have to fact check myself here a little bit as we talk. But I recall reading or hearing a little bit like it's a comedy movie. It's a goofy puppets you know movie but it's also horror but it's also christmas and i think the ratings board was like what the fuck kind of rate is this pg i i I gotta look this up and i'm similar to labyrinth where people were like this is pretty dark for kids but this is still for kids so we're gonna go pg and then gremlins Gremlins was like this is bad. <laughs> I'm going to look this up because now I'm wondering, did Gremlins create the PG-13 rating? Uh, hold on. Keep wow, talking. Wow, that's so good. Well, another fun fact about Gremlins is I my very good friend's mother's partner directed it. So 
Joe, your friend's mother's partner, directed yeah, it's Gremlins. Like, it would be like his stepfather, but they're not married. Y- yeah, yeah, they're sure. just like committed. You know, they're um, what's it? What's Joe Dante? Joe Dante, yeah. So okay. Joe directed it. So I always am like, yeah, I know Gremlins. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the whole thing played, and I, I there were so many things I didn't remember. I was like, when was the last time that I actually watched? all of gremlins because do you remember the movie that they're watching when they set them on fire uh in the movie in theater gremlins one. Oh, that's how they get them at the end yeah uh, it's probably is it like it's probably like jaws or indiana jones or something like that right um no but you would think because steven spielberg definitely was a producer on he the produced movie. it yeah mm-hmm it's snow white and the seven dwarves okay like Fantastic. how what a fever dream this movie is you're just yeah. like and the the guy with phoebe cates he's so like adorable you're mm-hmm. like why didn't this guy make it he he's so right cute. i wonder i wonder what he went on this is uh oh my gosh it was written by chris columbus yes who i was know the director of home alone and then did the, the dark harry potter, Knight, first right? harry potter oh uh, harry potter harry potter no no yeah yeah the first one or two harry potters um, but but most most famously or iconically, I suppose, Chris Columbus is the writer director. I'll look that up too of Home Alone, and that's so he's yeah. like. I, yeah. I remember we were watching the retro. I like that you're saying most famous. He, Chris Columbus basically only has famous movies. <laughs> he also yes. did Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Okay, we're gonna and we're gonna look all this up. The Goonies. Mm. He wrote The Goonies. Did he I'm write sure. it? Okay, I'm Googling. Um, when we were watching the sort of retrospective on Harry Potter, mo- the films with our kids, which is like what was like a, not a documentary, but like a special with all the actors and whatever on uh, HBO Max, whatever, it was a while back. Um, they specifically were saying like, we have to get three kids who are going to be amazing and lovable for, for, you know, 25 movies, right? Mm-hmm. But we also need a director who deeply understands how to direct children specifically like 10 year old 11 year old children and they were like who is it going to be and they had all these directors that were like this epic sci-fi magic Mm -hmm. whatever like who's going to be the guy and they were like no 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 no. we need a person who can speak to 10 year olds yeah and they were like chris columbus is is going to be the guy you know and the, the first two harry potters are they're okay they're not amazing visually but but the kids start to like the kids are lovable in those, you know what I mean? Yeah, he did like a very strong job of creating a bond between the kids, which is like yeah. kind of wild, you know? Yes, a screenplay by Chris Columbus for yeah. the Goonies, you are correct. Wait, so briefly getting back to the PG-13 thing, because I, I, I oh, yeah. knew I was thinking of something, but I wanted to make sure I was accurate. This is 1984-ish. And basically, uh, Gremlins and mm-hmm. Temp- Indiana Jones: Temple of Doom were both on track for a P- like a PG rating of like they're not G for children, but they still require parental guidance. But they were so gory and violent, mm-hmm. more so than preceding you know fantasy movies. Yeah, that they the board invented PG thirteen specifically <gasps> for those movies, and wow. then going forward, there were more, there was more granular, you know. Uh, systems for for these types of movies that's amazing that's like such a good fact i didn't know that i love that and and i also forgot do you remember who the little brother is in gremlins yeah oh is it um 
It's one of the Corys. Corey Feldman? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that... Yep. I, I just was like, wow, I really need to rewatch this this holiday season because, like, I, I just felt like I knew it so well. Yeah. But I didn't. It's, that, it's in the cultural ether. Because then you're looking at the clip playing with no sound or you're, you see it on YouTube or whatever. You're like, Corey Feldman was in this? What? And then you're on Wikipedia and you're looking back and seeing all the things that everyone did and whatever. Yeah. 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 It's it's kind of wild, but amazing. so have you met Joe Dante? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's delightful, very kind, sweet man. I'm looking up his filmography. You know, 70s and 80s stuff. Yeah. A lot of horror. Uh, what Jurassic Park? But I don't know what he did for that. Interesting. I don't know. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on. Filmography. Yes, Gremlins. Uh, not a, the Burbs. The whole Gremlins two. Gremlins two, definitely, but not a not a ton of like big ones aside from no, that. It was the biggest one. I think. some a lot of television though, and a lot of recent television also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hawaii Five O, MacGyver. You know, stuff. The reboots of those shows. Yeah. The other thing I'm gonna confess is that mm-hmm. I. I kind of like misconstrued in my brain who the main guy was and thought it was Judge Reinhold. You know what I mean? Because probably because Uh, of Fast Times, like Phoebe Cates and Judge Reinhold, you know? Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay, hold on. Yes, go on. I think, I mean, obviously history doesn't agree with me, but I think the guy who's in the movie is actually cuter than Judge Reinhold. So I'm like shocked that he didn't make it. Or that he's Zach, not a bigger star. Zach Galligan. This was his first film role in 84 that he was brand new, according to this list on Wikipedia. Well, he's adorable. Yes, for sure. And then did a ton of movies, and I have not heard of any of them. Oh, They're all, looks they like just didn't B make it. horror and sci-fi stuff. Oh, yeah, they didn't make it I don't into know the any of these movies. Wow. Interesting. He's been on Law & Order. Oh. In 2003. He's been on Star Trek Voyager. <gasps> I didn't watch Voyager a bit. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Voyager and Deep Space Nine were on TV at the same time. And I honestly That's thought it was like right. disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> but weren't they on? In a, they were on the same network and they were on probably in a block. So it was like starting with Voyager and then you go d- later into the evening and then you're in DS9 territory, right? I don't. I don't even know. I was a child, Matthew. What are you doing? You come on. I was, but it's like Deep Space Nine started the last year. I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, but Deep Space Nine started the last year of the Next Generation. Okay, that sounds right. Yep. Then, which I'm still not over the fact that basically, uh, you know, Cisco's wife. Do you, do you, are you a, a Trekkie or whatever? I'm not, but I'm going to be, I'm going to follow along. You'll know what I'm talking about. 70% because okay, I, I've watched some and I'm aware of the culture and the, okay. the, the lore. Captain Picard was briefly integrated into the Borg mindset. Yes. I and as that. a Borg, he murdered a bunch of people, including Benjamin Sisko's wife. So okay. for all intents and purposes, the face that murdered his wife is Jean-Luc Picard. Wow. Now, functionally, he knows that he was part of the Borg. It's out, yep. like, and that he didn't do it. 
Picard never apologizes. Hmm. He never says, you know, I apologize for what happened to your wife when I was possessed by monsters, you know, like, or anything like that. Or just like, I'm sorry for what happened to your wife. Is there a plot reason? Because that's not, that's not in Picard's MO. He's a very honorable person who would clearly have regret, right? Yeah. So I'll I'll never get over the fact that he never apologized. He never like actually apologized. Is that a contentious idea in the fandom too? Is it it just Nobody else cares. It's just Nobody else cares about this? There must be a reason. I'm just shook. I'm like, I cannot believe. I don't blame you. You killed this. And and Cisco's like kind of fucked up about his wife dying for Mm -hmm. a whole season, you know, Mm -hmm. like. He's not okay, but whatever. He he luckily gets to fall in love with Cassie. She's adorable. Anyway, then, so there's one year where Deep Space Nine is the only um, only Star Trek, right? Okay. It, it, it overlaps one season with uh, Next Generation, yeah. then is, is alone in the yeah. universe for one season, and yeah. then it teams up with Voyager yeah. back-to-back, right? So what happened was... The first season of Deep Space Nine was actual trash. It was there are <laughs> there are five to seven good episodes, <laughs> and the rest are woo, really hard to get through. Then the second season, which is its season where it's alone, they're trying to figure it out. They're like, wait, we have an amazing cast. Yeah, we have to we have to like do something that highlights and a great premise like i i really appreciated the darkness and grittiness and also like hey we're not we're not on a voyage of exploration we're just trying to keep shit together yeah. out in the wilderness here that yeah. always appealed to me about ds9 yeah it's it's the it's the the only show where there's not a ship yes so exactly having sort of a weekly episode thing is harder to do when you're just on a space station, right? Like, but it's more personal. It's right. about the inner lives of the characters, less about we've made contact with something and it's exactly. going to be crazy. Yeah, exactly. So that's why the show gets so good because the yeah. interpersonal life of all of yes. the characters yes. is so deep. They're, and it's they're the shortcoming of other Star Treks because the, the, uh, I've always found it very sterile, meaning, you know, yeah, I like the heroes and villains of Star Wars, but I did not find there to be epic heroes and villains or interpersonal connections between the in you know, Star TNG Trek. in yeah. Star Trek. And DS9 is the answer to that, which is why it always appealed to me. I just never, I never became well, a Trekkie. It's, it's the birth of serialized television. So the yeah, last yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 yeah. episodes, you can't know what's going on if you didn't watch yeah, the week very before. It was like... Is that... And when you say the birth of, you're saying like, was it truly the first or among the first shows to it was be among like the first i think buffy the vampire slayer weirdly is a contemporary of deep space nine they don't seem yes. the same but it, it, they overlap no, they were around at the same time yeah, but yeah. and buffy okay. meaning was so wait, serialized as well so you're saying i've never actually thought about this before meaning all previous television was you could episodic go, for you the could most turn part. it on and be like it doesn't matter what happened before i'm just watching episode 40 Exactly. Is that what you mean? Exactly. And and now it's like you have to catch up on you have to know that hmm. Yeah. I've never thought of that. And and it wasn't fully like that, right? But they played with it a lot. They had a lot of multi-episode arcs throughout the series. Right. And then the last 10, like fully the last half of the last season was all one long connected storyline. Mhm. 
which is pretty badass. But it is the yeah, reason the why time, Voyager. I'm thinking about television before that and be like, right, a sitcom was like <laughs> a story from A to Z, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. A procedural cowboy or cop show mm-hmm. was probably like that also. So yeah, I yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, everything it, it's it's contained so that mm-hmm. you don't have to know what's going on. Which makes sense when you were making television in the 60s and 70s of like, hey, we don't know who watched the previous. We have no metrics. We don't really know who's watching what. So we have to make sure that everything is self-contained. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like other shows that were like playing around with this were, you know, kind of having challenges with it as well. Like Mm -hmm. the X-Files was doing it, right? I was about to ask about the X-Files. And again, not a big fan, but my perception is it was a contained procedural until they started getting into longer plots and movies and such. Is that accurate? Um, No. So the X-Files was doing both, but but kind of, in in my light opinion, not successfully. Some people love the like actual storyline that was the through line which is like mm-hmm. the the smoking man and right Mulder's sister like what's going on but I, right but correct me if i'm misremembering that felt like a much later edition because my memory of early x-files is like today we're looking for a werewolf and today we're looking for a weird alien guy and today we're looking for a ghost like they were yeah. all random and felt completely disconnected to me which yeah. actually put me off the show over, that's over so funny because i hate the overarching story like i really don't yeah. care the episodes that are just fully about the smoking man and Mulder's sister and scully mm. getting pregnant i i just hate all of those i just want the monster of the week episodes that's very that's very interesting <laughs> and yeah. there's i, I think there's the opposite, like three but i don't camps. know it enough there's people yeah, yeah. who love all of it there's people yep. who are like very invested in the like secret plot line episodes mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. people like me who just want the monster of the week episodes <laughs> that's that's so funny and then the other thing that again not an x-files expert so you correct me or listeners if you're fans but like the when they made the movie i remember it being this culmination of the the smoking man conspiracy plot lines and the end of the movie was like we figured it out and their the aliens are here and they are real and we are <laughs> here with them and then the movie ended and it's like, all right, so I guess there's a werewolf now. They, they just went back to like normal. And I'm like, wait, what? What? <laughs> yeah, back you, to the you show. You uncovered the <laughs> most important thing ever in the history of humankind. And back, now you're and just now, like living your normal show. Yeah, FBI it, it, job. It always what? struck me as bizarre. Yeah, I, I didn't get that. But, but I'm probably mincing details here. So please correct me if I'm an idiot about that i well as because i only like monster of the week things the movie <laughs> didn't hit me as well you know what i mean i believe i yeah based on what you're saying i yeah, get it it's so funny but yeah so the, it, they were contemporary so i i guess it's like deep space nine x files and buffy the vampire slayer buffy. were all sort mm-hmm. of paving the way for yeah. serialized television which is all we watch now yeah totally Again. I did not watch any of them. I like no, I did I was not a fan, a devoted fan of any of these programs. And it's I don't know why. I'm I'm curious why that is. I what the heck I was know. I doing in the 90s when not know. watching these shows? Little nerdy old me was watching. Mhm. Were you a Buffy Stan fan? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I watched I watched all three of these shows. 
Rose. <laughs> yeah. And was Buffy a monster of the week kind of situation or, Buffy, or no? I, I know nothing about Buffy. Buffy did what X-Files wanted to do. Yeah. Because X-Files was like very committed to two, two or three storylines. And Buffy just had like Buffy's life and, and her personal mythology and everything feeds into this storyline. Right. But it also had the, the, the outline of the movie to give you a, a, a baseline for the lore. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, it was, it was monster of the week, you know, and, um, but I'm down for monster of the week plus exactly, meta storyline. Exactly. It was great because then, you know, at the beginning of the season, you get like a lot of little monster of the weeks, but what they ended up doing throughout the seasons is the monster of the week would then turn into a significant character for right, sometimes right. multiple seasons mm -hmm. where you're like, whoa. And it's kind of fun for creators, for actors, because then it's like, hey, if there's someone that you really liked working with, why don't we just bring them back? <laughs> bring them back and write new stuff. And yeah. it's, but, but I think you're also describing perhaps the birth or the, you know, the germination of modern fandom of like, Hey, I'm just yeah. gonna watch the show because it's on. Or, oh my God, can you believe in episode 14 they brought this guy back? Oh my God, like yeah, you're that never gives you guess. things to talk about with other fans. And also, the internet was starting to happen. The web, I should say, excuse me, the was world wide beginning web. to happen exactly at this time. So, I that's an interesting question. How much were online forums in? What was Buffy the, the example of this? There was some show, it might have been Buffy, where they were like reading the forums and being like, ooh, people really like this, so we should bring that guy back. I don't remember if it was Buffy, but it was one of these shows. I'm sure. Where they were listening to the audience in real time because that was never a thing before the web, obviously. I'm sure it was all three of these. I can't mm -hmm. imagine that any writer creator of a sci-fi situation wasn't all up on the internet when it first I wonder, came out there's, you know? there's, i always felt there were two camps there they were like we don't care what fans say we're in charge and we decide where we go and the, the, i remember that being a very firm thing for directors and writers mm. and then there was the other nerdy people who are like oh my god people are saying this we should do that we should do that but this yeah. you know i think the Love way it. that star trek shows kind of get go off the rails quite often they're definitely <laughs> trying to listen to the fans Please, <laughs> like, <fans. laughs> i'm sorry what's happening I mean, it, you, you don't know and we don't know because the, <laughs> the fans are fans and many of them are very nerdy and smart but they're not all you know plot yeah. writers you they're know, not the creatives writers. they're yeah, the fans yeah. you're the creative yeah. be yeah. responsible for the show but a yeah a little dose of this a little dose of that yeah well, the reason why Voyager took off is because so the the one season where took off. DS9 was alone was the second season where it was only slightly better. So there probably were 12 watchable episodes out of 24. Uh -huh. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. And then the third season was where things get really good. But they were like, hey, we're going to bring in a we got a black captain. We're going to have a lady captain and we're going to mm -hmm. make them share the spotlight. <laughs> but, and, and so you're, do you think DS so DS9 coming first and then getting good was a propeller for Voyager like again I think DS9 coming first and being not good ha hmm. helped Voyager get on air sooner. Interesting. I, I'm not I, I I wasn't even 
in middle school when this happened. So I, I my, don't also, know. <laughs> I'm not a television executive, but right. also my perception is like, hey, if we have this really good show, then people will kind of fall asleep and start watching the next show right after it because it'll push people into the next half hour or yeah. hour or whatever. You know, um, well, I, I think, think what you know, it was is that TNG was so popular. The next yes. generation was so popular. They started developing both of these shows kind of at the same time. And that's kind of what happened. And they released them both like into the, into the world. And, and it, it kind of like people were stands of either one and then would make it to the other one eventually. Here's so another cool. question. There's a black Vulcan and a lady captain. Yeah. So, you know, it's really, everybody's loving that on Voyager. I'm oh, and there was really hot, 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 um, seven of nine. Yes, yeah, which you have talked about here. Yeah. Uh, why? Okay. Star <laughs> Trek is owned by CBS and and now Paramount, mm -hmm. which is where you can stream it. But my memory of these shows with, were, was that they were on the CW network, at least in New York, not on CBS, which was a, you know, Channel mm. 2, and a network. Well, Buffy was on the CW. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Why am I Buffy thinking? was on and, CW. Oh, and Star Trek. Uh, uh, X Files was on Fox. X Files was on Fox. Up, yeah. Where? What? What network? Come on, Wikipedia. <laughs> Buffy the was network, on the CW. It says original release, and it's saying network syndication. I wonder if it was direct to syndication. It, that which is why they probably may, CBS made it, but sold it to CW. At least in the market I grew up in, in. it was market. probably called something oh, yeah. else. I think. I think probably. I, I don't know. I also feel like. All of those shows, the WB, the CW, the WB. and UPN, yeah. I, I yes, like can't yes, yes. track what was on what, except no, that- No, because they all mush together as yeah. like, these also, net, these other channels, but really it's not the main channels. Yeah. yeah. CW is the whitest, UPN is the blackest, <laughs> is the blackest and the sure. WB was like- Maybe kind of like the teeny, like teens, teens making out yes. and having sex. Totally, <laughs> That's like totally. what I think of yes. the three networks. A lot of, um, yeah, a lot of um, high school teen yeah. dramas. Yeah. Uh, was, but the um, WB had like darker dramas, I guess. Yes. And the CW had like One Tree Hill. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, this has been two old people talking about <laughs> linear television that no one knows. Let me, this is, I want, I meant to, I'm glad this is reminding me of this and g please buckle your seatbelt. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Which um, they don't have on any Star Trek spaceships. No seatbelts. Because belts. if gravity is being generated by the ship through some magic that's not scientifically possible, then you don't, then there's no inertia. They're on the always ship. getting bumped out of their seats. <laughs> that's, this is, hey. This is my main beef, and Star Wars sucks with phys physics and stuff too, but like yeah. the ship, if you are standing on the ship and gravity is pulling you down on the Enterprise, then turning left on the Enterprise will not be, Whoa, you will not fall over in your seat. Like, that makes no sense, okay? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it's so, true. I subscribe to many uh, ridiculous and interesting subreddits, as you probably know. And one of them, and I, I would, I was thinking, we were thinking about finding a guest for this. This was probably before your time, but it's a great subreddit called Ask Old People, Ooh, which is that's cute. It's questions for older users of the platform to be like, 
hey, what was it like when JFK was assassinated? What was it? Where were you when Nixon resigned or, you know, during the Vietnam War? Like where which side were you on? What were you doing? And it's really I love it because it's like normal people being like, here's what life was like for me in this in this actual time for us normies like when this crazy thing was happening yeah so the top of the subreddit was like ask old people what did you think was happening during 9 11 before the news confirmed what was happening and i'm like great i i am now an old person who would be responding to yeah. Children, 16-year-olds being like, here's here's where I, when, yeah. when, when the first plane hit, we didn't know. Like, Yeah. I was now in math. I was in Spanish class. Yep. <laughs> right. We were we were the same age. I, I was in a music theory class and the professor was like, uh, we, we are not sure what's happening, but class is canceled. Please go go home to your families. Like we yeah. don't we're, we don't know. Yikes, bro. It was a really intense time. Weird, weird time. It was the first like, time that anything like that had happened in the U.S. No, of, of course. But I, so. I guess I, what I mean is like people are asking about that time as if it was 100 years ago. <laughs> or as internet. if it were 30 years ago, which it which was. Which is also a very long time. 24 years ago. Mm-hmm, right, right. So That's I just wild. wanted to make you and other listeners feel as old as I feel. <laughs> Goodbye. I like it when there are like markers like that. Um, mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin said, do you want to feel old? I'm 40 <laughs> on his 40th birthday. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Yep. It's like, yeah, mm, yeah, that little kid from Home Alone is 40. Well, he's 44 now or something. He's older than that. I don't, I don't like Home Alone. <gasps> wow. Tell me, tell me more. Tell me more. I just don't, I don't, I don't, it's too it's just too dumb and goofy and there's too much physical pain even though you obviously don't like the bandits they're they're the bad guys and so you want to beat them but i don't, I don't want to see people getting burned and stepping on nails that's uncomfortable for me but let me tell you kids today fucking love home alone it is as popular as ever yeah my kids love it they talk about it at school it is could you imagine could you like imagine being in that movie or being Macaulay Culkin being like, yep, 40 years later, kids fucking <laughs> love this thing. It's it's a, it's quite amazing because it, it's not a Disney movie. It's not, you know, Finding Nemo. It's fucking it, yeah. dudes falling on their ass. It's and they, an kid, action, and it's still here. like hijinks, vaudevillian level yes. <laughs> ridiculousness, you know, uh, which I'm all for that. I just the, there's a there's a lot. Of, it's too go- it's gory, you know, in 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 in. It's a kids movie full of gore and pain. I, I don't I can't quite well, reconcile. There's very that. little blood. So no, no it's blood. technically yeah. not gory. It's very yeah. violent. It is very, it's, it's violent. very violent. And yes. I'm like, oh my, oh my God. Every time I watch it, I'm like, he would be dead. That guy is dead. Oh, he's dead. Oh, correct. He's losing the top layer of his skin. You know, the whole time <laughs> I'm watching it now. Uh, I don't even like, want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. There are, there aren't, but I think because there's like no blood and it's kind of done in a, in an, it's kind of not realistic to me in a little bit. It's, it's more like a play, like vaudeville, yes. as opposed to we're watching people get hurt, you know, but I get it. Let's, okay. Time, uh, time travel. Home Alone <laughs> never got made. It doesn't exist. Okay. Could you, could, could someone make that movie today and why or why not? Does it, does it. Could it exist in 2023? 
if it was not a classic. You know what I mean? I don't think so. I don't know. I think a lot of things couldn't because everyone is calling CPS. It's not a cancelable thing. Why is this kid alone in their house? Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, no. Sorry. And I don't mean like, does the premise hold up or would, you know, because if you had cell phones, I'm just saying like, correct. Could you make a movie for kids about people burning their skin off and and getting (laughs) whacked in the face with, uh, you know, irons? That's what I mean. I, that's interesting. I don't know. But you set it in the 90s. Like it's yeah. set in the past so cell phones don't exist, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't I, – I, it's hard to know because it does exist and it's so good. <laughs> it's just so – it's just it's brilliant. So I, I, I think maybe it's the actual magic of the movie that like the chemistry of all yeah. of the creators, the sure, actors, sure. and just the fact that it – happened at all was magical right like right so so if you removed or mixed around any of those ingredients you would have been like uh yeah not as good right i agree with that like just you you can't yeah it's so funny i went to a holiday costume party last week and um i was a santa and great because uh, I have that costume handy Basic. from so, you're so being basic. a drag king <laughs> and uh there were two separate couples that were the wet bandits that had like <laughs> burned feather head a, that's a that's a great costume iron though. like the the iron on the face makeup oh Fra- my fantastic. god fantastic that's two separate couples fantastic. that didn't know each other and then one solo kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> how how do, does one pull that off he's just i don't know in a sweater and she he was wearing a blonde wig the, the okay. version of his sweater, she had okay. his little, um, like, BB gun thing strap on his back. They actually don't sell toy guns on Amazon mm, and send it right. to California. So she right. couldn't yeah, yeah, actually yeah. have full right. costume. So Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I hope she had a talk boy because you can find those on eBay. You know the what little, I mean? The little... Um, the voice recorder voice that would recorder. slow, slow I, the voice, which became a phenomenon, but became a big merchant, you know, like, a, like a toy that was very popular at the time as well. Because of the movie. Because of the movie, yes. Wow, amazing, amazing. Yep. Yeah, um, so it, it was a very fun idea to have a holiday costume party. And a lot of people were, just, there were people dressed as a Griswolds. It was, it mm-hmm. was very fun. So final question before we go. What is the best Christmas movie? And this is obviously your opinion. I'm asking you what your what your choice is because I I f- confidently have mine for sure, and I'm wow. curious what yours is. Well, I, uh, it's 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 genre based for me. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, mm-hmm. I I just every year I, I every year I watch Die Hard. I just sure. do. And last year, what was it? Um, Violent Night or whatever with what's his face from stranger things he plays like a buff santa it's an action movie oh, send up yes yes to all um, the previous holiday action the movies. sheriff i forget his uh, his yeah, yeah. uh his you know who name, I'm talking uh, david about. harbour yes david, who yeah. is wonderful yeah yeah is that good i mean oh, it's not my for gosh. me but you liked it's, it it's so fun it's it's very much an homage to all of these like to home alone and mm-hmm. die hard and all mm-hmm. of these act- holiday action movies it's yeah. very good so I'm not fun. interested in going into the debate of like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Like, it's an action movie that is set at Christmas, at Christmas time, time, but it's not about yeah. Christmas unless you disagree. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's not about Christmas. So yeah, I don't know. There's so many different versions. Like if you're, if you're feeling wholesome and you just want to sit and have a hot chocolate for a little, like an hour, the, a Charlie Brown Christmas. It's so, it's so good. It gets you right in the heartstrings. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm getting at like a a movie about Christmas, you know, about the holiday of Christmas. And maybe that's the Griswolds decorating and it's wacky, or maybe it's, you know, like a Charlie Brown, it's heartfelt. I, I like more of the heartfelt ones, like Miracle on 34th Street. Sure. Um, I, I mean, even it's a wonderful life is a little too dark, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's that's, dealing with mm, if he um, wants to be alive. <laughs> yeah. We should, uh, maybe I'll, yeah. if we watch, but we should watch that with the kids. Miracle on 34th street is, is good. It's about mm-hmm. like Santa. And I also like some of the eighties, other eighties action Santa movies, the mm-hmm. Santa Claus, I think. Not the, the one with original... Tim Allen, but the one, oh. the one with, um, uh, uh, it, it, it's like, it takes place in the eighties. I think Jenny Lewis is a little girl or it's some girl that looks like Jenny Lewis. Is the, is Tim Allen's Santa Claus a remake of no, that? No, they're, they're, they're completely unrelated. In this okay. one, like there's Dudley Moore plays an elf that's trying to. <laughs> oh, this does sound familiar. Yeah. Right. He's trying to like, um update the tech for Santa's sleigh and trying to make it run on candy canes or something. (laughs) And these two kids, one kid is like homeless and another kid is like a rich little girl and she's like trying to help him. And then they accidentally see Santa or something. I can't even remember, but that one is kind of weird and fun. There's just like, there's a lot of, and then there's like obviously holiday romance movies. I recently just watched, um, uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, which heard of it, but it, I, I have it's not, not seen it. actually a Christmas movie. It takes place okay. over an entire year, <laughs> so oh, then fuck that. But Have Yourself Get a Merry Little Christmas is from that movie. Oh, interesting. That is okay. where that song comes okay. from. Okay, very interesting. Okay. So yeah, you're you're going you're you're going way into the past classics, which no 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 shame. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. I mean, um, if you're trying to feel good about the holidays, do not watch Love Actually because there's a lot of bad no, people in that movie. That's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I do that's, love it. I do love it. Yeah, it's a great watch. But then yeah. you, when you analyze it, you're like, you feel what? icky. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you the correct answer. Okay, okay, um, I'm ready. The canonical answer. It is Elf. Oh, see, um, uh, I, mm. how you feel you, you, about uh, it, not the same. I just I know everybody loves it, and I get it. Yeah. But I just—you have seen it, I assume, or, or I, no? I recently rewatched it and was still okay. like, "Meh." I would rather really? watch Will Ferrell be interviewed than be in a movie. It's just a little bit—he, his character choices are just a little bit too stupid for me most of the time. And I I'm mean, like, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, a little I bit. I'm that. like, are we watching someone who's unwell? Like, should be we be worried about? But he is a ch- he he's a child and he's a stranger in a strange land and the re- and we watched it again recently and I love it for a million reasons but I I, f- I identified the reason I I feel it's a perfect Christmas movie is because every single character everyone grows substantially over the course of like an hour and thirty minute perfect you know movie and I, I, in a movie that could have been dumb jokes and one-liners and let's let will farrell go nuts for an hour yeah it is that and it's very funny in 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 almost every place 
but also I'm crying at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I'm like, how could one movie be all those things? And every character has a revelation, a growth arc, you know, and then everyone kind of figures shit out by the end. And I think it's amazing. I mean, it is a it is a happy ending that closes the loop on everything, yeah. um, which is just movie magic. But yeah, you that's, know, um, that's not what I, I just don't. It just doesn't do it for me. Funny. <laughs> don't at me, everyone. I know I'm happy that you guys like it. I'm not trying to take anything away from you. I just will not be rewatching it ever. Probably. You're allowed to have your opinion. Uh, <laughs> one other thing uh, that you might, I found interesting, perhaps you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, it's kind of a spoiler, but I don't think anyone listening will care about this. <laughs> but there's, when you have kids, you're starting to notice like, oh, they're making uh, new Christmas movies for kids yeah. on Disney Plus and whatever. And so we're checking some of them out. Uh, 8-Bit Christmas is great, especially if you like video games. And The that's Naughty with Neil Nine. Patrick. Is good too. <laughs> the, okay, that's what I was about to say. So the kid from Eight Bit Christmas is in the Naughty Nine, and that wasn't. So did you watch this? I did. <laughs> Great. It's fine. It's for kids. I, I didn't yeah. find it to be amazing, but the Naughty Nine know, or Eight Bit Christmas. Uh, 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 Naughty Nine is a good, is it's, a fun premise, but it's dumb. Yeah, it's, dumb. it's, it's, it's a dumb not going to be a classic. I, I'll never Cor- watch correct. it again. That's exactly well, well said. Yeah, it was, it was a, a fun time. And if you have kids, it's a fun watch. There For is sure. a lesson. It's sweet. It's an action heist with children. Yes. It's, a, it's a good, it's a heist movie with yeah. kids. But here's the thing I wanted to point out. And again, this, it's, it's a reveal and it's a really awesome reveal, but when Santa is revealed, mm-hmm. I won't say who the actor is, but Black Santa. Yeah, yeah, we Boom. love it, and it's so it was cute. Awesome. I, I think kids are growing up in a in a time where they're like Santa could be anyone, and that's correct. Yeah. I, I was walking down. I didn't even have. My, I usually have my beard on. I was like walking down the street, <laughs> not even in my beard and my belly, but and in my like, like Santa. Yeah, in my Santa yeah. pajamas and a Santa yeah. hat and my like tall <laughs> boots. And this little girl, this little girl with these cute little brown ringlets, she was with her family. It's like a family of four: a little boy who's older, this mm-hmm. little girl who's probably like five, and her and their parents. And she goes. Hi, Santa. And she just like walked on with her life. And I was like, hello. Love it. Fantastic. (laughs) You, you, there, there it is. Yeah. You did. That was a little Christmas miracle right there for for a little girl and you. Yeah. Delightful. Me and that little girl. We had a little moment. Love it. But yeah. So, I mean, Allie once told me, uh, you love Christmas in kind of an accusatory way. And I was like, I mean, I don't know. And now she's absolutely right. I'm keep the love alive. I don't you know. know. I'm str- I'm struggling. I we love it. We celebrate and we love it with the kids, but fuck, it's a lot of work it's and time work. and pain and decorating and gift finding and god <laughs> damn it. It is. It is. But also, happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. We are yeah. recording on the second night of Hanukkah. Yeah. And it, it will still be Hanukkah by the time by this the time you uh, hear this. drops. So, yeah, yeah happy Hanukkah. Uh, sorry for my ignorance. Is Kwanzaa, does Kwanzaa happen? Oh is yeah, it, is Kwanzaa is the eight days. <laughs> yeah. This is great. We're educating listeners. Kwanzaa is the eight days between Christmas and New Year's. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is Kwanzaa. I mean, but specifically, like, it is it a specific faith? It was created by Black faith? American people. Yeah, Just so it's it's not. It's yeah, it's it, it has no religious hundreds of years. It is not religious. No, oh, so it's not it's not religious. Years. Great, even better. <laughs> even great. 
a secular <laughs> a secular winter holiday uh, great i'm i'm in on kwanzaa now yeah no it. kwanzaa's fun there are like the tenants of kwanzaa so okay. the, you do like candles much like hanukkah and uh-huh. each candle represents a different like tenant of kwanzaa so okay yeah, we can we can talk and, about and the that tenants, in two weeks. We'll talk about Kwanzaa. Yeah, okay. All right, we'll revisit Kwanzaa. Yeah. The, are the tenants like, be kind to people? Like, what are what are they? What um, are they? You know, I'm for not actually sure. I think it's like pride mm-hmm. and um, like, you know, we'll have to look it up. We'll have to look we'll it up. We'll look it up. We'll come we'll back. We'll look it up and we'll talk about it and I'll know. All right. Gremlins, Goonies, Elf, Diehard home alone uh please we have time plenty of time so your homework listeners call in call the phone number which is three four seven eight seven one six five four eight that number again three four seven eight seven one six lit and tell us what is what is the best canonical christmas movie like what is the what is the one for you and i'm gonna say the criteria you you can tell us anything but but I, i i you know is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, but is it about Christmas? No. So I, I I would urge you to focus on movies about Christmas for Christmas's sake. Oh, what's the one you? Okay, care so Gremlins about? doesn't count either. No, I would agree. I get it. Yeah, I there's get it. nothing. It, it is set during Christmas, but it is not about Christmas. And then I don't know. Home Alone. There you go. Is Home Alone a Christmas movie? <laughs> this is okay. We're getting to Home Alone is definitely here. a Christmas movie. Are you kidding? Catherine O'Hara's arc is is Christmas. Right, right. Because the, the trip is about going away for, for the Christmas, Christmas holiday. Christmas, yeah. And he and is being home by with himself family. without the family. Yeah. yeah. So I, I agree with you. Yeah. 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 All right. Call the number. Uh, you can f- always find the phone number and the Discord and the email. Every way to reach us is in the show notes. So where, however you're listening to this, you don't have to stop. You can just go in there and click on it. And then you can get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hurt your faces, everybody. Bye. Bye.